10 with Gene Thunderfoot and Junkyard Steve. Oh, what's up, everybody? Hello. How's it? How's it going? We hope uh, hope everybody's doing good. Hope everybody's had a happy and safe past couple weeks. Um, you know, hope everybody got through Halloween okay. Anything uh, big happened this week still- in the country? After Halloween? I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, daylight I think, savings. You know, I mean, it's just business. Yeah. Business as usual. Yeah. Day, daylight savings time. I'm over it. I don't want it anymore. Who Can thought that was it? a good idea? I mean, I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's so dark. It's literally pit. It's literally dark when I leave work now, and I don't like that. Yeah. Um, and for so us, we're on drive, the drive. we're on the extreme eastern side of the central time zone, whereas my dad is on the right. far Which, western side. And it gets dark like an hour and a half later there just because it's, you know, a thousand miles away. Yeah. Right. The sun. So it's, yeah, I mean, I, I might, I might not mind it so much if it wasn't, but like here it's literally like I walk out of work at five o'clock and it's already dark. Yeah, It's crazy. And that sucks. Yeah. So, oh, well it is what it is, man. It's something we've had in place for a while. Maybe, uh, maybe they've got some, somebody shaking it up in the white house now. Yeah. Maybe can, change that. If well, I were to run for president, let me take that back. Potentially have somebody in the White House. <laughs> oh no, it's gonna. We gotta be- have that peace. That we gotta have the peaceful transfer of power first, and it's yet to be determined how or when or what is gonna happen with that. Oh so. man, it's happening. If I ran for president, it, my my platform would simply be abolish daylight savings and watch me coast yeah. to two hundred seventy electoral votes. Oh, you'd get all of them. I don't know what the total number is, mm-hmm. but you get for sure you'd get all of them. Well, speaking of current, let's talk about a twenty-year-old uh, movie. Actually, <laughs> I was going to tell you about what my yeah okay that's that's uh, no no go yeah, ahead that, so you go. I was going to tell you my running platform would just be bring back high C ecto cooler. Oh yeah, and I would win. Well, we could be a ticket together. Yes. Vice, I, I'll be vice president if you want to be president. That's no, fine. you can you can go you can go for. I think that um, daylight savings time is probably higher on people's okay. list than ecto cooler. That's a that's a very fringe. <laughs> Or a very specialized niche. I mean, it's a niche vote. It's a winning combo. So, yeah, but like you said, uh, we're going to talk about a 20-year-old movie. And um, if you're like me, when you hear the movie that we're going to talk about, you might kind of do the cock your head to the side, mm-hmm. thinking that it's a little bit funny and why we would talk about this. But the film we're going to talk about is Josie and the Pussycats. Yep. Now, <laughs> when I when I told you... When I told you that I thought you should watch this movie, what was your initial reaction? I had I was just flabbergasted. I mean, it's it was made in two thousand one. It's basically Josie and the Pussycats are a spinoff of the Archie comics, and so they in two thousand one made this movie, and I barely even remember it coming out. I remember that Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson was in it. It was like one of her first roles, and she's you know become a superstar now. Um, but I had yeah, never Tara Reid. Yeah, who, Tara um, Reid. Yep. Yeah. And is it Evan, Evan, Rachel, no, Rachel Lee Cook, is that Rachel it? Lee Cook, yeah, who is, you know, the girl okay. next door, everybody's favorite um, pretty actress from the early 2000s. And I just, I didn't even remember it. And you said, you need to watch it. And so I immediately was flabbergasted. I had no clue why I should watch it. So I watched it immediately. And I understood fairly quickly why. Um, even 20 years later, it's really relevant for the times that we live in. It was a real... It saw into the future. Uh, the yeah, the, I think it was. I think it was one of those films that was. It, it takes two opposite ends of the spectrum and mashes them together in a way that's really smart. But I almost feel like 
the fluffiness of the Josie and the Pussycats property or idea kind of overshadowed or got in the way of people getting over it to go see it and see how intelligent it was mm-hmm. because it's a really, really smart, well thought out satire of consu- of, of youth consumer culture, um, which is matched only, up with this fluffy yeah. and that consumer fluffy culture shells. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm sorry. That consumer culture has only exploded even more, you know, with the prevalence of cell phones. There's a few cell phones in this movie. The, the, the plot of the movie is that record companies are subliminally inserting messages into pop music to get um, the teens of the country and youth to buy things or subscribe to things. And they're using records and CDs. And, you know, now that we have cell phones and we see how obviously prevalent this is, where we could speak about something and 10 seconds later you get an ad for it on Facebook right. or on Amazon right. Prime. It's, it's yeah. really creepy. And, yeah, they were very prescient about it- what they were doing. It really did predict the future a little bit too, and I and I think the um, you know, young adults and teenagers are by far the demographic with the largest amount of disposable income. So they've always been a target for marketers and companies and things like that. So it, it really made a lot of sense, and I, and I think the um, I think the movie was really well done and really intelligent. It's just a shame that it didn't get. I mean, it started to get more people like. Now it's kind of got a cult following and people are starting to realize how smart and ahead of its time it was. But at the time, man, it just kind of sunk. Yeah. You know, I think it said it made uh, $12 million, um, $14 million, had a budget of 40 and it made 14 million. So that's pennies, you know, and that's, that's nothing. And yeah, it's, um, I'm stealing this from a New York times article about the movie from three years ago, because they were talking about how uh, relevant it's become and its popularity blowing up after you know 20 years later but they said it's kind of what idiocracy is for um for film and tv this this was for music you know it's kind of it was just it was seeing into the future and seeing where we were headed and it's totally true but it's also really funny it's goofy it's um i think it's Mm -hmm. really well acted and it's just so tongue-in-cheek i mean every single shot of the movie that's about consumerism and subliminal messages has an actual real sponsored um item so like you know well no they didn't get they didn't pay they didn't get paid for any of that product placement they just shoved all that stuff in there (laughs) for the benefit of having it in the film so like they gave a bunch of free advertising to a bunch of companies yeah it's uh, just super really really funny to me yeah it's really fourth wall breaking where they're saying look at this look at how terrible subliminal messages is at the same time in the movie they're throwing you know outwardly throwing target in your face every second or mcdonald's or whatever so right yep yeah the uh the in a weird way it kind of reminds me of starship troopers but with a different message you know starship troopers is another one of those movies that i felt like they tried to slide in a really good message and subtext or satire um in on top of like a futuristic sci-fi action movie but it just kind of got lost and like people could never see past the surface of it being a just a sci-fi action movie. Yeah. So like that whole, um, you know, basically Casper Van Dien, the poster child of the master race yeah. and that whole, like, um, you know, what's the word? Like even the, the scientists and, and leaders in the movie are dressed like guys from the SS, like all black yeah. shiny leather and stuff. And, yeah. um, it was very much, um, like the whole, and the whole propaganda machine of, 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 that time it's just like all the stuff that comes at you on the screens and those, would you like to know more? It's all just government propaganda. Yeah. 
and uh, and things like that. And, and it was just, it's just very very interesting the way it's done. Well, it's a so movie it reminded that me screams, a lot of that in a way, which is weird. Yeah, it's a movie that screams uh, you know Starship Troopers pro. You'd think that it was pro war, but it's obviously after watching it and <laughs> letting it soak in, it's anti war big time. That was yeah. oh extremely yeah. It's 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 got a lot of interesting uh, a lot of interesting under under uh, messages in there that, that kind of get missed. But I, I love that movie a lot. I think it's a great movie. It performs on a lot of different levels for me. There's a couple missteps in there, but overall, I really, really enjoy that. So we got to talk about one more thing about Josie and the Pussycats before we get out of mm-hmm. here. The soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Did you listen to the soundtrack? Yeah, it's great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't remember the girl's name now, but she was a singer in a band um, uh, called Letters to Cleo, and they had one really big hit called Here and Now, and they got her to do... Yep. Josie's vocals, and they got Babyface. Yeah, that's what's like nuts. Legendary yeah. pop music yeah. producer Babyface to do all the music. So the soundtrack is like killer. It's a lot of it's kind of that like Blink One Eighty Two power pop, yeah, uh, punk stuff that just like straight ahead four on the floor beat with just like grinding or pushing guitars and bass and like you know powerful vocals. But there's also like a couple really good like boy bandy mm-hmm. type songs in there too. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's it is it is definitely worth checking out the soundtrack. It is definitely worth viewing the movie. It's just a lot of fun, and it's family friendly for the most it part. Is, I mean, yeah. you can sit down and watch it with your kids, and, yeah. and they would probably get a kick out of it too. It's definitely um, it's definitely a lot of fun. I, there's another oh Parker Posey is also awesome. in it. She's always and, um, awesome, and you, not not um and and Alan Cumming. Uh-huh. There's a lot of great actors in it. Yeah, so Eugene Seth, Levy Seth, makes uh, a Seth surprise Green. cameo. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff. It's a very, very fun, smart movie. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend checking it out. And listen, to the, I listened to the soundtrack again the other day after we decided we were gonna do this. And man, it's a killer. Yeah, that so. main the one the main their main song is really, really catchy, and I can't even remember the name of it, but it is very good. Yeah, everybody should watch it. Well, it's time to bounce. Watch Josie and the Pussycats. Listen to the soundtrack. See you later. Goodbye. Bye-bye.